Let's do it. Hey guys, GBC podcast number 39, my age, 39. And my age too. Yes, our, our, both of our ages. <laughs> but I think you're older than me. No, I, you're older than me. You look older than me. Uh, well, I've lived a rough life. <laughs> you have not. <laughs> okay, guys, um, you know, between the weather and everybody getting COVID, we have not been able to remain consistent. And it's, um, we try. Yeah. We try. I mean, it is what it is. I feel, you know, it's not that it's um, less important, but uh, if, if it's people are sick, then you're sick. Can't do anything mm-hmm. about that. I know. There's, yeah. And the, the virtual school days, which. Yep, virtual school I mean, days. That's really... I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, we, we both got kids. Mm-hmm. Both got responsibilities. So, it's not, again, I don't think it's to say that this is not a responsibility. Because it is. And we no, enjoy and doing important. it. It's just, yeah. you know, but sometimes. Sometimes life um, can't be avoided, and you can't avoid snow days, and it's just that time of year, and yeah. sickness, and illness, and pandemic crap, so um, it's all right. You said crap. Okay, so um, as promised, we are going to discuss what to expect when expecting, and no, when my aunt heard me say that, by the way, she's mm-hmm. like, are you pregnant? Are I'm you like, expecting? no, Aunt Carla, I'm pregnant, <laughs> <laughs> and neither is Hannah, Okay. Okay. Um, the, the two scriptures that I have are in Hebrews, so we'll probably yeah. stick there for a few minutes, but Shane, uh, I guess I think that when you tell somebody to have faith in something that they haven't seen or touched, mm-hmm. it can be a difficult thing to wrap your mind around, mm-hmm. especially if you your faith isn't necessarily as mature as the person that's telling you to have faith in whatever situation it yeah, is. Yeah. So I guess today I want to talk about how we can spur each other on, A, yeah. to to have that kind of faith where you can walk out and be like, I, I, I have faith that God's going to meet me here mm-hmm. because I think it's really hard. Oh, it's completely hard. I, I think sometimes it's, it's hard. Well, one... What you've already said, I think it's hard enough and all sorts of challenges when you're trying to um, hope for something or do something or trust something and you really don't know what it is or mm-hmm. you don't know what the outcome will be or, um, you know, or you have no control over it, right? Um, so I think it's hard in those situations for sure. And then yeah. Our world, our culture, our um, and maybe it's just a, our own sinful nature um, is so pointed at ourselves, and I think we can sometimes get so fixed on what we want, making it better, um, you know, getting through it, getting over it, is that we have a hard time looking up and actually trusting God. Yeah, you know, and so so I guess what I mean by that is like if you if you're if you're trying to have faith that. Um, well, let's, let's just go ahead and use an example that we talked about before we started recording, and that's with um, having a child, right? Um, and I felt comfortable enough to talk about that because that was part of mine and Hannah's journey, at least for seven years of trying mm-hmm. um, and it not coming to fruition. And um, th- those, those involved a lot of hard conversations with God, especially on my wife's part, so she could speak way more to it, which, matter of fact, little side note, um, she's going to speak on Mother's Day. Um, I, like last year, I was like, hey, you're preaching Mother's Day, and she's like, no, I'm not. Oh, um, and so then good. she actually texted me um, a couple of days ago while she was, you know, she was leaving work and, or on her way to work, and anyways, listening to a song, and she's like, hey, I, just, uh, I think God just told me what I need to speak on if you still really want me to do that. I'm like, yep, I really want you to speak on Mother's Day. Okay, Anyways. I just got goosebumps, number one, and we're all going to cry. <laughs> we're all going to cry. 
Well, I, I think it's I think it's really great. And yeah. I, like I said, I wanted her to do it last year because um, you know the you know Patton's birth was fresh, a couple months fresh, you know, and um, after seven years of of waiting and trying and all that kind of thing. So, anyways, she could speak way more about about it than I could because throughout the whole thing, if all we would have had was Marshall as our child, who we adopted, mm-hmm. I was fine. I didn't care if we had a if we gave birth to a child or not. At that point. Like, I knew that God had provided him, and if we didn't have one more child, I would have been fine. That's really interesting. I wouldn't have traded anything, but I was good with it. And I had already become convinced if God wants it to be, it'll be. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. And I don't know what he's protecting us from. I don't know what he's trying to do. I don't know what he's working on. But I had just a complete peace with it. Hannah, on the other hand, was a little bit different because she's a woman. Sure. Which you'll be able to speak, obviously, more than that than I am. But she wanted to be a mother. Like give birth to a child, that kind of right. uh, of mother. So I think her prayers were different. The struggle was certainly different because she wanted that, and to be mm-hmm. able to trust God through it, mm-hmm. um, and, and trust God working through that, um, that's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do when you look around and go, well, there everybody else is having kids. Why can't I? Oh my gosh! And then you get on social and you're like, oh well, every everybody just got a positive pregnancy test, and here I am. Like yep. I, I get it. Well, I think that's not a linear. Um, situation it's up and down up and down like oh i know i know god will meet me here i mm-hmm. know god will meet me here mm-hmm. and i'll and i'll get pregnant and he'll provide and then all of a sudden the next month you're in a in the divot where you're like no he's not and i'm so mad at god and yeah yep. I, I just think it can be like that like a, a give and take or a mm-hmm. a tug of war yeah um well the, you know the worst dirt bag in the world has another child has another child and yeah. oh, they're pregnant again but you're not you're trying to do the right thing and serve god and or, or whatever uh, and so but that right there that kind of mentality is is in of itself what i was talking about earlier because we get so focused on ourselves so we think that somehow god owes us something because we're trying to be good that god owes us something because we're behaving oh. god owes us something because we're you know we're, we're coming to church and i'm leading bible studies and i'm doing all this don't i deserve this deserve right and we get in that mentality because it really isn't about the god that we serve there's this glimpse in those kinds of moments of wait a minute it's still about me it's still it's still about my want my desires and again Ugh. those are those are really hard hard Daddy. things hard especially for a thursday morning podcast but I mean, it's true, but we don't look up. We don't, we don't have, we don't keep our eyes up. You talked about Hebrews earlier. Yeah. I think it's a good tr- transition to Hebrews um, chapter 11. We'll, well, let's go. I know we've got a couple of verses to, 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 to look at, but Hebrews chapter 11, question that you asked about Noah. Um, yeah. And so, um, well, so first of all, 11, six, you know, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So there's a there's a qualifier right there, right? I mean, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Don't I deserve to have a baby? <laughs> right. But so I, uh, so then I think we, we get into that qualifier, earnestly seek him. What does that look like? Earnestly showing up to church on Sundays? Is that earnestly seeking him? Earnestly, you know, in the Bible, learning more about him? Is that earnestly seeking him? So then we, I think we, you know, we, we dive into the qualifier. What does it look like to earnestly seek him? Mm. And God wants two things, not just to know about him. Um, to know him to in his know heart him. and what he wants. Yeah, that's right. To, to know him and yeah. make him known. Um, so, you know. So anyways. This is a punch in the gut conversation. You know that. For sure. And then that earnestly thing, what's the motive? What the earnest, like pure of heart, 
Exactly. And so I think that's, a, that's an important qualifier. If we're seeking him to get what we want secretly, you know, um, or sure, certainly not making it known, but if that's it, that's the motive. No, because he knows that and he sees it. Exactly. And, hear it and read it. So there's so many, so many. Okay, so but then to what you were talking about, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen. So God speaks of a thing coming, a flood coming, a flood that's going to flood the earth kind of coming. Yeah. Um, you know, the world's never seen this kind of thing before. When warned about things not seen and holy fear, fear built an ark, which, by the way, he had never seen before, right? right. Uh, something that we were talking about, like, how do, you, how do you build something that you've never even seen? Well, guys, so before we started recording, just one second, Shane. Yeah. I, I thought that this verse, okay, it's number seven, by faith, Noah, comma, when warned about things not yet seen, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, had he not seen rain before? But Shane was like, well, it's probably he hadn't seen a body of water before, like a lake, or he hadn't seen the ocean before. Ocean or that kind of flood, something along those lines. I don't think it was necessarily that he hadn't seen rain. Well, and so he hadn't seen a boat. And so God's saying, you got to build a boat. And he's like, a what? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. And how big? And for what? Like, I guess putting it into terms of when when we haven't seen something, but like I'm trying to humanize, mm-hmm. like try, trying to do something when you don't know what it looks like, what it feels like, what it is. And mm-hmm. like right here, Noah did that. We have another example too. I don't want to interrupt you anymore. No, no. Well, I was just going to, the point that I was making, it was that how, well, how did he build that ark? Why did he build the ark? It was by faith mm-hmm. to be able to do something, right. to be able to, to be able to trust in something that he has not seen, to be able to take what God is speaking to him seriously. And then in faith, build something that you've never even set your eyes on before. Like, how do you, I mean, you know, he's, he's literally following God's instruction in order to do this thing. Um, and, but there's nothing happening in that moment. Like, how long does it take Noah to build the ark? Well, I don't remember. I don't even know if it tells us. Um, but let's say it took a, three years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, again, I have no idea. But let's say it took three years. So you're building something for three years, and there is no, like, there is no imminent threat Except that three years from now, it's going to come. People think you're crazy. They thought he was crazy. Yeah. They thought he was crazy. They, talk about going against the grain and really <laughs> standing by God's word. And people just looking at you like some kind of weirdo mm-hmm. conspiracy theorist at, at that point in time. I mean, to have blind faith. I mean, thank God for Noah, because if it were me, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Um, l- let me just bring up the example that I had brought up earlier. It was Joshua and Caleb, which uh-huh. I'm just sort of trying to read between the lines. But um, they had sent some people into the promised land right, to actually make sure that yep. it was the promised uh-huh. land, right? Right. To, to the land flowing with milk, milk and, and honey. honey. And yep. they brought back fruit. Yeah. Grapes. That's right. These giant pieces Luscious of yeah, uh-huh. grapes. And they still didn't believe. They still didn't believe that God would deliver them. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah. And, and I think the other part of that story is, is it's not just what they brought back and saw and what they had. It wasn't just that, oh, God you know, said it was there and look, it's there. But they also saw the people. And then the big muscles and. Yeah. Just, and yeah. it says that they were, um, that we were small in their eyes. And they made that assumption. Like they were, they were looking at themselves, they were thinking about themselves compared to them. And, you know, just comparing apples to apples in that moment, they were like, well, there's no way we can Defeat. we can take this this land. There's no way we can go into them. Look how big they are. Look how strong they are. Look how smart they are. Look how, look how um, you know, advanced they are technology-wise. Um, and all of that was true. 
but they didn't trust God's word that I'm going to give this to you over what they saw with their eyes. Well, and like there's there's evidence there that God was going to do what he mm-hmm. said he was going to do. Absolutely. Even if these people looked bigger and stronger and maybe there was more of yep. them, um, all, of, all of those things. But they chose to focus on the things that they saw yep. and not really... The, the what was in their hands like it it was proof that god was going to deliver them and mm-hmm. so i'm like how do how do we look at our own lives you know do we need to write a list of the things where god has given us evidence of him being there and being faithful and and, and shane i tried to do this just a couple of days ago and yeah. i mean i'm horrible i feel like i i was very i i didn't have a whole lot of examples and maybe it's because I didn't give it enough time to really think of the times where I I was met that met halfway with faith mm-hmm. or, or you know what I'm trying to say I'm mm-hmm. lacking better words here but just to put yourselves like I felt like the, the that whole situation was very human like how many times do we see the evidence of God working in our lives but we still question what he's really doing. Oh, absolutely. And I, th- I think that's that's what I want to talk about today is, is like, and maybe that's a good idea. Maybe you do make a list of the times where God brought you through mm-hmm. to the land of milk mm-hmm. and honey, if you will, that, that God brought you through so that in times of, you know, the divots, like what we were just talking about, that we can remember, okay, no, I've got to bring myself back here to remember God's promises, mm-hmm. and that he is faithful. But it's very difficult. Like I said, I mean, I, I had like two things on my list, which is horrible. <laughs> well, I, so, yeah, I guess there's a couple things on that. So so one 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 thought that I had while you were talking was um, all the moments w- throughout Scripture where God tells us to consider. Consider his ways. Consider what he's done. Consider mm. where you are. Oh, consider, good. consider, consider. Um, which is what you're talking about. You're trying to consider the ways. Consider the ways in which God has moved. And... and um, I think another thing is that that's why I do think it's important to write things down, to write down what God has done, to write down the ways that God has moved. Um, so my wife does this. I don't, I don't do this. I, I wish I could. I love the idea of it. Um, and I guess I could if I just made a point to do it. I tried to do it at one time and failed at it. But she has a, um, it's a five-year journal, and I forget what it's called. Um, I've had one. Maybe, maybe I'm looking around my office right now to see, see if it's in here somewhere. Um, <laughs> That's empty. But it's like it's not it's not meant for you to write a paragraph or you know your pages of journal. It's just uh, you know it's like two lines. You know a thought or something. I got or, pregnant. I um, you know. Yep, got we, pregnant today. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just little stuff like that, just uh-huh. so quick. Um, but the whole idea is is that you know it's good for five years every day for five years, and you just write one thing um, on it. But the idea is that as you go through the years, you're able to look back and you have yes. a record of what was going on in those moments and where you were at, um, what God was doing, those kinds of things. And I think it's easier to, to, to give count. I mean, come on. We have this thing that we call the B-I-B-L-A, the Bible. Mm-hmm. And is it not that? Like, are we not able to go through this and count the ways that God has moved because it was written down? Um, yeah, but so it's I, like it's not about us. It doesn't say Courtney Wise, blah blah blah. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. And so we just, uh, to your point earlier, we we think everybody's everything's about us. That's exactly. <laughs> it's right. hard to apply this, which is why I'm trying to give examples from the Bible that can be, you know, applied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Courtney Wise needs to write down what God was doing in Courtney Wise's life. Right. But Courtney Wise is probably a lot like Shane Blankenship, and then after God does it for Shane Blankenship, he don't write it down because it got what I want. Right. Th- thank you, Jesus. Goodbye. 
Keep on moving. No, it's a, it's a great point. And um, that the movie and the book, The War Room, which we all yeah, know yeah. that I love Priscilla uh-huh. Schreier. But I think that's the whole premise behind it is they literally had like a bulletin, bulletin board okay. and people's names that they were praying for. And, mm-hmm. you know, it looked really like a war um Room. Board. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I act like I'm a general in the army, like I've actually yeah. been there. But what I would imagine it would look like with, like, you know, battle the plans. battleship yeah. battle plans. Uh-huh. Um, but it's it's really, you know, how, how to show how God works through your prayers and mm-hmm. what that would look like mm-hmm. visually if you're a visual person. I have one small story, and then we can move on with the rest of the scriptures. Is that okay? Sure. All right, so so you, you guys struggled to get pregnant. We also struggled to get pregnant. I think I had like a total of 21 um, fertility um, procedures done. Yeah. So I, I understand the struggle. Um, I do have three kids of my own, and so God, God met me there three, three times. But if you had told me that ten years ago, I'd say you're a liar, and I hate yeah. you, and I was yeah. just mad at the world, right? Yeah. Well, uh, during this third time, I knew there was a third baby for me. I knew there was a third baby for me, like I knew that the ocean was near Florida. You know, um, <laughs> I, I don't know, <laughs> and I was frustrated because it just kept not happening. So mm-hmm. you're like. I know, I know that I know I've got a third baby. Yeah. Like I know I've got this thing, whatever it is, but it just kept on happening, and then you feel crazy. Well, Miss Renee, who was our babysitter at the time, she wrapped a present for me. It was around Christmas time, and she gave it to me, and I opened it up, and it's a pair of bloomers, like baby bloomers, yeah. sparkly baby bloomers with ruffles. And I just I wasn't pregnant yet, and I just kind of looked at her like why are you giving this to me? This is mean, you know? And she looked at me and she said, you've got to have faith. And she walks away and I just was holding those bloomers. Uh-huh. And it was just such a good visual representation that I still had to keep on keeping on. Uh-huh. I still had, I had to continue uh-huh. to have faith. And I've just always remembered that story. Like then surely we got pregnant and it yeah. wasn't someone who could wear those bloomers because it was a boy, but still it, d- it didn't matter. Sure. I just had to have faith in the process. And although it was taking longer than what I thought in my fleshly earthly eyes, it still happened. Yeah. I knew it was yeah. going to happen. I just didn't know when, you yeah. know? And so I, I guess that's what faith looks like mm-hmm. is, is Miss Renee handing me that those bloomers and saying, you've got to have faith. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how does she do that? You know? Yeah. So, good story. No, that's great. And it, the I, so I was immediately too thinking about the critic. Uh, yeah, but what about uh, what about when you have a faith and it still don't happen? Well, and for, it still doesn't for years. Happen. I mean, you seven years for you, three years for us. But what if never? Yeah. You know, is he still good? Yeah, he's still good. He's still good. Then I think um, you have to go back to the war room and your battle plan and see, like, it, are you earnestly seeking? Like, if it's been that that long, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you're the pastor here. I mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah. And then maybe it still happens. Maybe yeah. you're 90 and yeah. it happens. Well, I think about the story of Job. Yeah. Um, oh, and, yeah. Because um, that's a, that's a like, Job is. Mm. Job's hard for me to read, by the way. So many bad <laughs> things happen. It's like. A lot of stuff happened. I mean, uh, but, I mean, if, even if you think about that situation, like, if you are judging it by, if any of us, you know, at any, any moment in time are judging it by what we have. By any kind of prosperity, whether it's prosperity in, in childbearing, prosperity in work, prosperity in resources, so any of those kinds of things. I mean, you know, uh, I, I think you know, part of the story set up there is, 
is, um, you know, the angels are coming before um, the throne of God and, and uh, Satan shows up and God says, where have you been? I uh, said, and I've been basically traversing the earth or whatever. And um, God says, well, have you considered my servant Job? Not, like God brings it up. Not I know, he already him. had it planned. And, and basically, if you remember um, in the part of the story, and I'm, I'm so much paraphrasing here, um, <laughs> the devil says, well, no, I'm not considering him because you're so good to him. You've given him everything. He's got all these kids, and he's got all these cows, and he's got all this land, and he's got he's got all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. So no, I haven't considered him. And he says, "But if you'll take all that stuff away, he'll curse your name." And God says, "Go. You can do anything, but you can't you can't take his life. Mm-hmm. You can take his wife. You can take his kids. You can take his cows. Skin. You can take his you, I mean, that's everything. Right. You can you can take his health, yeah. but you cannot take his life. And he will not curse my name." And now you got a man who loses everything. But God knew, like he 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 knew Job's heart, and he he already had it planned. Like I think that's like the thing. It's so hard to even think that he has even your life planned. You, you know, little bitty Shane Blankenship, little bitty Courtney Wise. Mm. You know, he's 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 got a plan. I mean, he he knew that was going to happen. Oh, and. And, and I think that's, that's I guess maybe one of the points that I'm making in all of that is that it ain't about, and this is so hard, it's about him, not us. Mm. Um, and the whole faith piece is faith, you know, God brings about um, good in our life according to his purpose. You know, um, you know, God will work it out. That's that's what always gets thrown around. Well, God's going to work it out. Just believe and have faith, and you know, trust God with it. God's going to work it out. And I think there's always a little part of us that it's like, yeah, He's going to work it out the way we want Him to work it out. No, He doesn't always work it out the way we want Him to work it out. But that passage that we're thinking about in those moments is that He works all things for the good of those who love Him according to His purpose. Mm-hmm. His purpose. Well, what's God doing in it? Um, last night I, I got. Of course, I was up, um, having been at church and Bible study. We had a good Bible study, and I drank some coffee, and maybe that was keeping me up. But um, we were getting ready to go to bed, and I ended up staying up for like another hour. Um, On the Smithsonian Channel, there was a special um, about the Holocaust. And and they were interviewing some of the last, you know, know, last remaining survivors that are here in the United States, you know, that came over um, after the the war. Um, but there's a husband and a wife and, um, both of them are, you know, Holocaust survivors and they were just still kids, you know, during, during that. And I think, I think he was at, I think he was there from age 10 to age 16. Um, you know, and both of his parents ended up being killed, I think, and, um, they were transferred to Auschwitz and, and killed there. And, um, anyways, um. Towards the end of that story, though, God comes up, and um, so it's he and his wife, um, and he makes this comment, something about, you know, and I, you know, I question God, you mm-hmm. know, I, I question God and his existence and why he would let something like that, and his wife says, why would you question God? You, you live and your three sisters lived. Now, he lost his mom and dad. She said, I lost everyone, and I don't question God. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so she loses her mom and dad, her whole family. I mean, listen to some of these stories, you know. Um, listen to them tell their stories and what they went through and what they experienced. It's just 
just crazy. It's mine. You know, she's talking about um, uh, having to say goodbye to her parents and or being separated and going, that was the last time I That's saw my dad. That's the last time I saw my dad. Yeah. You know, or, or um, one of the ladies was like, um, this was in France, in a, in a concentration camp um, in France. And she said there was this group from the French resistance, basically this underground group that were kind of going in under the auspice of the Red Cross. Um, but they were basically smuggling out kids and then getting them with families um, and getting them to safety. Um, and um, but anyways, she talked about her mom putting her on the bus and she was like, and I told moms like, I don't I don't want to go. I want to stay with you. I don't want you know, I'll be a good girl. I won't cry. All, all these things, you know, negotiating with her mom. And she's like, and, you know, I can still see my mom waving at me as I drove away. And that was the last time I saw my mom, you know, and then she finds out, you know, years later, like in 1980s when she finds out where her mom died, where her mom and dad were killed at Auschwitz when they were trans transported there and, and um, exterminated, you know, murdered at Auschwitz. Um, and, uh, but she's like, you know, for years I wondered, did they make it? Are they alive? You know, whatever happened? She said, I had to see their name on that document. But to hear them talk and tell these crazy, horrific stories um, that, you know, people shouldn't even experience and for the man go, and I question God. And to hear his wife go, well, I lost everybody, and I don't, I don't understand. Like, she was appalled that he questions God. Un- doesn't understand it's it. unbelievable. I, too, actually have a little story about that. I'm reading a, sto- a same Holocaust survivor storyline. Uh, Corey Ten Boom, do yeah. you know her? Oh, yeah. Well, she, she's in one of the cells that she was in, but she's it's at the part where she's sharing it with three other ladies. And she was really sick, and so they took her to the doctor, the German soldiers, I don't know. Yeah, she, they took yeah. her to the doctor. And one of the, she said she had to go to the bathroom. So the nurse took her to the bathroom, but she was a nice nurse. Like, uh-huh. she said, What do you need? Yeah. And Corey was so stunned. She said, A Bible. Yeah. Like, that was the first thing. And I'm like, That is not the first thing. <laughs> yeah. I would be like, Food, I, I need to get out of here. Uh-huh. I need this cough to go away. I mean, it, that's what she wanted was a Bible. She got it, a yeah. Bible. And she just cherished it and read it and read it. But I thought, that's amazing. Yeah. And she, too, never questioned God. Yeah. She was hiding Jews in her um, secret hiding place mm-hmm. and never once, I mean, she, she would pray for them. She would be the one in the cells, you know, getting beat up, and she never once gave up the hiding place to the German soldiers, mm-hmm. and she never once, I mean, she always prayed for them. Instead of praying for herself, she prayed for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could talk about this all day. Absolutely. But, it, but I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we went there because, you know, you we talk about... Um, God, get me a job, um, or whatever that yeah. we're, we're having faith get me in out of this before we're a kid, and then you got uh, people who, you know, for seven years, six years, eight years, um, experience horrors that some people in the world say never even happened. You know, and it's just if it's um, those are two different, completely different scenarios. Um, when you try to apply faith to. It's, it's not black and white, you know, and it's not, uh, and there's not easy answers. Um, last night in Bible study, to, to take it even to another extreme, I, I was talking about Haiti and taking junior high kids to Haiti years ago on a mission trip. And, um, you know, seeing their faith compared to our faith, oh, if you will. yes. Um, I, you know, it, it's, uh, you know... I, people could get defensive about it pretty quickly, I think. Um, but it's just, but it's different. It's different. Yeah. You know, uh, Tony Campolo once told me that um, that uh, the gospel um, reads different through the eyes of the poor. 
And um, Haiti opened my eyes to that Mm -hmm. because you have people who literally are praying for God to provide and dependent upon it. They are praying for their daily bread. Literally. Literally, absolutely. They are asking. I mean, that was their prayers. Their prayers were. Mm-hmm. They. I heard them pray. They prayed for the chicken to lay the eggs and for their trees to grow fruit, believing that if God does not cause the chicken to lay eggs, then they don't have eggs. If if God doesn't, and you can't kill the chicken because that's all you got. So you need the eggs, not the you know, not the chicken. You kill the chicken, and you know you're done. Um, you know, the chicken's got to be healthy, and the tree needs to bear fruit. If that thing doesn't bear fruit, then they don't have fruit to eat. There's no Walmart. There's no money. There's no it's completely different. Yep. Um, You've talked about that before in church where you're like, we, we don't see that. We don't get that same experience here because we have a system that mm-hmm. more or less, you know, we're, we're going to be helped. You know, we're not, we're probably not going to go hungry. Right. Right. Completely different. And so, you know, and I don't think, you know, God has blessed us, if you will, <laughs> I guess. Um, we're blessed, you know. We have, we're blessed in abundance of that, those kinds of things, and we're blessed with resources. Um, so is one better than the other? I'm sure, you know, any Haitian would love to, you know, look, those Holocaust um, um, survivors. A woman said when she got the text that she was like, I was in heaven. She's like, I had no idea I was in hell, but when I got here, I was like, I was in heaven. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, this is this is heaven, mm-hmm. um, and um, so so yeah, I don't, you know, certainly we, we're we're blessed as a people, and we have we have it good. I, I wouldn't want to trade it. At the same time, though, in the context of faith and following Jesus, like it's harder for us. I think it's harder yes. for us to trust, and it's harder for us to, to have that faith. It's harder for us to expect God to do what only God to, can do um, because we have so much, and we are, we are so turning on ourselves sometimes. Um, but ultimately, that's what it comes down to, right? It's, it is trusting God in everything, for everything. But the more resources we have, sometimes the harder I think that is. Yeah, but maybe the, I mean this is our wilderness. The, I mean this mm-hmm. is this is our thing. That I mean God wants us to always keep our eyes up, like mm-hmm. like you say, um, and and He wants us to have to go through the hard to to figure out that that this is. I mean we could have it one way or we could have it another, and this is what we have here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it is. It's definitely more difficult for us to even see our blessings and to celebrate where we, like I said, my list was like two things, which is embarrassing and ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm like, how much more American can you get? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? Right. Um, but, you know, I think I need to work harder co- to consider yeah. where he has met me. So there, so there's faith for you, um, kind of broken down. And hopefully we've given you enough examples from the Bible, Joshua and Caleb, Moses, and then you said Job. Uh, yeah, I talked about yeah, brought Job into it. Uh, you know, there there's a couple for you there to sit there and consider and study mm-hmm. how their faith brought them to where. I mean, Joshua didn't even he wasn't a military officer. He didn't have any military experience, right? Mm-hmm. And and Mm-mm. there he was in charge of. Oh, the, he's like everybody else, slave. Yeah, yep. so there he was, like in charge of the army or the yeah, military. Yeah, of the army. Yeah. So. I, I'm going to read a book about Joshua. I'm sure we'll hear a lot more about Joshua in, in our podcast. But you just got to think, he he had to have the faith that like, okay, God, here, here, you, yeah, you, you took me here. Here I am. <clears throat> I mean, that's part of the whole promised land, you know, um, invasion, if you want to use that term. When, they're taking, yeah. when, they're, when they come into the promised land and they're taking that, they're going up against, you know, highly experienced armies, 
you know, uh, highly fortified cities and um, kingdoms, they're going up against people where technology is way outpaces anything that they've got. Um, and, you know, they've been slaves for 400 years and then in the desert for 40. Um, no formal military training. No, I mean, you know, the, the army of Israel is like the Boy Scouts. You know, like they've seen the Egyptian army I'm sure, um, and have been able to witness that. But being army themselves and being a part of one, and hey, let's let's pick Joshua because he he served. Uh, he had 20 years experience in the no, no, he was a slave, just like everybody yeah, else. Yeah, we just kind of like the way he looks or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Well, so, and being a slave for 400 years, you don't have the mentality to fight. You're you're just sort yeah, of told what to slave. do, and you you do what you do. But now they are required to have that going against the grain mentality mm-hmm. and that's difficult it's it's that that flip of the script is difficult Absolutely. and so god required so much of all of them especially joshua not having any experience but all of them mm. you know you you just blind, blind faith <laughs> that's what we're talking about here yeah trust in him it's hard all right so here's real fast um it's going to be pretty much all of hebrews 11 right is where we were yeah just trying to give them something to go by. And then I have Hebrews um, yeah, 11, 1, 11, 6. Yeah, so that's it. So just go, go into Hebrews if you, if you want to read mm-hmm. a little bit more about that. And then Joshua and Caleb's story is Deuteronomy? Where was I? Numbers? Where was <laughs> Ex- it? Um, you talking about the Exodus? Yeah, well, okay. No, Exodus. Yeah, Exodus and the numbers and Deuteronomy. Yeah, that's so all. Just go, go to lo- the old, old, old school. But yeah. that's where I've been, and I'm glad to We go to, to the have... book of Joshua um, and <laughs> and follow right right through it. You know, if you want to step into the promised land and, yeah. and systematically walk through it, then yeah, absolutely. Go into, go into Joshua, but you need the, you know, the, 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 the five books of Moses. Um, well, Starting with Exodus, anyways, the sec- which is the second book. You know, those are going to give you that background right. of coming out of Egypt in the in the wilderness. Um, it's kind of boring, honestly. It's kind of boring. But if you're looking for a storyline of somebody who was put in a spot to like really exercise their faith, I mean, it would be Joshua and mm-hmm. I keep forgetting his name, Caleb. Yeah, and Caleb. then we have Noah, and yeah. then we have Job. Job. So there. They, Go, Job is in the book of Job. Go forth and read. <laughs> yeah, you, Noah's in Genesis. Yeah, okay, perfect. Yeah. All right, guys. Hopefully this was helpful for you. We got number 40 coming up next week. Woo-hoo. See ya. All right, bye.